Welcome to Equipus Christchurch. Equipus Church is a whole lot of friends championing one another to go higher in Christ. For more details, check out our website at equipuschurch.com forward slash Christchurch. I really want to honour uh, your leaders for how they've led um, over the last couple of years. How many know uh, leading a church hasn't been easy? <laughs> Especially, it's not easy at the best of times, but you put the last two two years and all the diversity of opinion out there. You know, it can, it can be a bit of a challenge, but we do want to honor, honor Andre and Hannah and Josh and Liz and, and uh, yeah, what's your name over there? Jono and Emma. And uh, uh, we want to honor these guys. And I'm praying from, from this time, you know, because the Bible talks about in Proverbs 11, when you refresh others. And uh, that's the heart's desire of a, a pastor is to refresh others. How many know life can be heavy and hard? sometimes and, and you know our desire is to refresh people that they'll come into a place not just on a Sunday but in small groups they'll come into a place where they'll be refreshed they'll get clarity they'll get direction faith would be born in their spirit and there's this desire to refresh others but the promise there is is that in the refreshing of others if you'll refresh others you'll be refreshed yourself and uh, we're praying that uh, over the summertime that they'll become a refreshing, they'll become a fresh wind. Come on, how many love your leaders? Uh, yeah, come on, they're amazing people. I reckon you could be a little bit more excited about, about your leaders than that. Yeah, come on, how many love your leaders? Yeah. Uh, two of them have got dirty mustaches, but... Uh, don't worry, that, that will come off. That will come off uh, by the end of the month. I think their uh, wives will be grateful for that as well. Uh, but uh, we're praying for just a refreshing time. Can I, you know, I, I just want to say, uh, is like many people don't understand the weight that, that leaders carry. And, um, you know, I, I just feel like, you know, this is a time to really rally in behind. This is not a time to sit back. This is an hour for the church to really step forward. And there's a lot of things, if you haven't realized, going on in our society. Uh, there's a lot of need out there. There's a lot of people searching for answers. And this is yours and my time to really step up and be counted. Um, and I love the fact that we have a light that shines in the darkness. Come on, I like the fact that, as Paul said in 2 Timothy, the Word of God cannot be chained. Yes, we went into lockdown. Yes, you know, but the Word of God wasn't chained. You know, it, it always moved forward. In fact, Paul, at the beginning of that verse, he says, Always remember that Jesus was raised from the dead. I don't know if you've forgotten, but do you know that Jesus has been raised from the dead? Come on, that's the lens at which we're to look at life through. Is re always remember, always remember. Two, three, number say, remember, remember that Jesus was raised from the dead. Come on, if we know that and we look through that lens, we always have hope. We always understand that we finish in victory. Come on, we always know that, you know, whatever's going on in our life, you know, God can move in, God can reverse. Come on, if He can reverse death, He can reverse anything in your life. Always remember, always remember that Jesus was raised from the dead. And that same power that raised Jesus from the dead, guess what? It lives in us and gives life to our mortal bodies. And now's a, not a time to be doubting, but now is a time to really step 
into faith and uh, really believe that God can do a miracle in all of our lives and through our lives. You know, this season has been hard, but, you know, and I know there's a devil who just wants to out there to take advantage of what's going on. And many of you know John 10.10, 10, uh, that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That, that's his role. But I like Jesus shows up and says, but I came that you might have life and life abundantly. God wants to give you Zoe life, abundant life. So many people today are just surviving and they've had stuff stolen from them. Let's face it, uh, last two years have been heavy and hard. And, and many people feel ripped off, ripped off from graduations, you know, ripped off even relationally. There's been fracture, there's been hurt, there's been pain. Certain milestones won't be able to be celebrated. A whole lot's gone on in our society, and it's important to recognize that. And, and the enemy, in a lot of ways, has come in and tried to take advantage of, of what's taken place. But here's the good news. Jesus came that we might have life and life abundantly. I don't know if you've ever been broken into, but I remember some years back, um, my mother-in-law was planning to go on an overseas holiday. She was staying at our house the night before, and she's one of those people who leave packing to the last minute. I don't know if you have anybody like that in your family. It's like she was up late. She was doing laundry uh, and, and, you know, had to do the laundry to to put her in her bag before she went away. And and that night she didn't finish her laundry and her packing till 1 a.m. in the morning. She had a red eye flight, which meant she had to get up at 4 a.m., and so she went to sleep at 1 a.m. and got up at 4 a.m. And when she got up at 4 a.m., we, we woke up and we realized that between 1 a.m. and 4 a.m. we'd been broken into. Someone had come into our house. It was just after Christmas. They cleared out the presents, taken computer. Um, they, they even went into my mother-in-law's room where she was sleeping and took some money that she had for the holiday, which was right beside her head. Uh, then they came upstairs to where we were sleeping, and uh, I had one of those great Christmas presents, a toilet bag, <laughs> and, and, and they took that from beside my head. They put all this stuff in our car, and, and they rolled it out of the driveway. You know, we woke up, and it was like, what the heck has happened here? We're, we're being ripped off big, big time. Even my golf clubs were in the car. Yeah, man. But, 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 but there, it was like, yeah, we knew the obvious things had gone. We knew the car had gone. We knew the obvious things had been taken. But it actually took us a while to figure out what had been stolen from us. And, and we go, oh, that's gone too. You know, it was like, ah, oh, oh, that's gone. That, that's gone as well. And I think many people, you know, over this last season haven't realized what's been taken from them. Uh, and it's like, you know, it's like I'm struggling right now. I'm struggling to even right now get faith for 2023. And it's like this picture I said at Shout. It's like a bird's come and did its business on, on your windscreen. You know, it's come and done its business on the windscreen and, and you've just turned on the window wipers and there's no water. And it's just smeared all that mess over your windscreen. Ever face that dilemma? It's smeared that mess. And now you're looking through the, the windscreen, through the crap. And, and some of you are looking even at the end of this year, and you're looking at 2023 through the, the crap that's on your windshield. 
But I feel like God today wants to come and he wants to put some water in that thing. He wants to clean that so that we can go into 2023 with faith, come on, with vision, with purpose. Come on, the Word of God cannot be chained. And God works in every season. But sometimes, you know, when we're in the middle of it, we fail to see it. We fail to see what, what God's doing. And I like a story found in 1 Samuel chapter 30. It's, it's David, he just comes from fighting a battle with his men. They're coming back, come home, only to find that all his stuff's been taken. Yeah, not just his stuff, his wives, his children, all his men's wives, children, all gone. And, and the, the, they grieve. They're, they're disheartened. And it's almost like they, they, they felt, oh, in fact, they, they were looking to turn on one another. What, what are we going to do here? See, some of us right now, you know, we've faced some problems, but if we're to be honest, there's no bounce in our spirit. It's like we're just flat. We've been fighting a battle, and we come home to a battle, and I don't know if I just can handle it anymore. I'm done. What's going on here? And there's, there's just like, no, no bounce. But I really believe God wants to restore that which has been lost. God today wants to put a bounce back in our spirits. And some of you, you know what's been taken from you. And you're grieving it. But I want to say today, hey, we, store, uh, we serve a restorative God. And I love the fact that God doesn't just, uh, uh, he doesn't just restore things back to where they were. He always restores things back to a better place. And I believe there's some things that we can learn through David in terms of how he went about getting back what was taken. So you're ready for this? Because I, I really feel 2023 is going to be a bounce back year. Come on, you're ready for that? 2023 is going to be a bounce back year. But, but if we're to bounce back, there's some things that we need to learn to do. And the first thing David did is he strengthened himself in God. He strengthened himself in God. In fact, verse 6 of chapter 30, it says, Now David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him. How many know that's a bad day? When your own mates who you've been to war with speak of stoning you. When they turn on one, you know, sadly in the church, sadly other Christians are turned on other Christians. And, and they're doing it because they've lost. And so the best thing I can do is just take it out on somebody else. Take it out on the church. I've got problems at home. I've got problems at work. Oh, I won't take it out on them. I'll just take it out on the church. The church should be solving all my problems. Now, David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him. And, and it was because the soul of all the people was grieved. Now, right now, there's a grieving going on in a way. There has been loss. You know, every man for his sons and his daughters, but it says, but David. Somebody say, but David. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. He strengthened himself in the Lord his God. See, so many of us are looking from strength, uh, for strength from outside sources. But, but I, I love the fact that David understood that actually strength comes from the God who lives within me. Imagine if every Christian could strengthen themselves in the Lord their God. That they weren't looking for an ex 
external source, but they grew up to a place where they actually realized the source is within them. And when I'm feeling discouraged, when I'm feeling disheartened, you know, I'm not looking for an encouraging word from another person, even though that's beneficial. You know, there's a strength that, that is within me. See, there are some things in life that you've got to learn to do for yourself. It's like tie your own shoelaces. You know, like go to the bathroom. I hope at the age of 25, you're not asking your mother to take you to the bathroom or tie your shoelaces. You know, hopefully you've graduated, you've grown up by now, you've learned to do those things for yourself. That's a sign of maturity. You know, there's a lot of people in the church today, they've been around a long time, but they still haven't learned to strengthen themselves in the Lord, your God, in the Lord their God. See, until you can do it for yourself, it easily can be taken from you. It can, but if you can do it from you, for yourself, it can't be taken from you. Now, I remember at university, uh, you know, people who study today have got a little bit easy. You know, we didn't have Google <laughs> back in the day. We actually had to go to things called libraries. Anybody know, heard of those things? You remember going to the library and you had to get a book and that, and then you go on the Jewish system? You know what the Jewish system is. You look up a book and then it'll tell you what row, what aisle it is. And, and then you search down and then you search for all those books. I need to find, you know, once you got there, it's already gone. You know, it's taken out. Come on, that's real study. This whole Google business, that's, that's not study at all. That, that's not study at all. You know, it's like there. And then remember the microfiche thing? where you got the news articles. and Anybody remember that stuff or just me? Oh, we do have some old people in the room. Um, you know, that's, you know, all that stuff. But I, I remember first, first year of my degree, um, you know, they gave us at orientation uh, typing lessons because it was just changing over from writing out things to actually typing, typing out things. And they thought, well, these guys are going to have to type out things. They're going to need some lessons on how to type. Today, a three-year-old can type. Uh, but, but we didn't know how to type because it was just this changeover. Nobody had their personal computer. We had to go to computer labs. And, uh, you know, it was, it was this changeover. So we took these typing lessons. But my friend said to me, hey, I, I'm not going to that. What a waste of time. You know, I, I don't need to do that because my girlfriend, she touch types. And she's going she's gonna to type all my assignments for me. You know, which was good. Year one, great. Year two, great. But how many know as you go through your degree, the assessments get longer? You go from 2,000 words to 10,000 words. You know, it, it goes up. But guess what happened in year three? They broke up. And I still remember the picture of going into this computer lab of my friend, you know, and he's typing with two fingers this 10,000 word essay that we were supposed to do. How many know it would have been better if he learned at the start? And some of you right now, you're waiting to, to you know, oh, well, uh, you know, once I hit a crisis. No, now's the time to learn to strengthen yourself. Strengthen yourself in the Lord your God. And there's a strength that's in God, it's in you. See, yeah, you don't know how much strength is in you. I, I challenge to say strength doesn't come from doing what you can do. Strength comes from doing what you thought you couldn't do. And God wants to, us to launch out beyond ourselves in 2023. You know, growing up, we learned how to do backwards flips. 
and uh, on the trampoline, you know, spent a bit of time on a trampoline. I've got an older sister and two, two, two brothers were born a year apart. My parents had four years, oh, no, four kids in four years, not four years and four kids. <laughs> but yeah, all together. And my, my sister was visiting about a couple of years ago and at Christmas. <coughs> Excuse me, can I have a water? Yeah, um, she was visiting at Christmas and she was on the trampoline bouncing around. And I said to her, why don't you try and do a backwards flip? Do a backwards flip. And she goes, no, I can't. I can't do that. I go, yes, you can. I believe in you. You can. And, and, and she says, no, 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 I can't. And uh, anyway, she, she decided to give it a try. But every time she'd get to the point of flipping over, she'd go, oh, no, I can't. She goes, Sam, I'm 50 years old. I've had four children. You know, I, I, I can't do this. And I go, yes, you can. I go, you can. I, I was believing in her anyway. You know, I got sick of this just going, going over and over, so I went and got the garden hose. <laughs> I zipped up the trampoline, and I said, I said to her, I, all right, if you don't flip over this time, I'm going to turn on this hose. <laughs> uh, uh, how many know it, it didn't take long before she did a backwards flip? <laughs> she bounced once, bounced twice, flipped right over. It's amazing what opposition will do. I want to say that which has been opposing you has actually been helping you. It's like she ran inside. She said to her kids, she goes, hey, your mom still can do a backwards flip. She was showing off. But if it wasn't for the garden hose, she would have never reached her potential. And some of you are looking at the opposition that you face wrongly. Because it's it, it brought a strength in you that you didn't know you had. Come on, I'm, I just think, what would the church look like if every believer learned to strengthen themselves in the Lord their God? If you're going to bounce back, you need to strengthen yourself in the Lord your God. The second thing you need to do is you need to do nothing without God. Carl, I want to challenge you. Before you head into 2023, get a God vision for your life. Get get. Get a word from God. Life's too short not to know God's purpose for your life. And I like David because it says in verse 8, he inquired of the Lord saying, shall I pursue the troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered, and God answered, pursue for you shall, uh, shall surely overtake them and without fail. I like that, without fail. What would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? Without fail, you, would reco- you will recover all. See, when God's in it, there's guaranteed success. But you need to hear from God. Let's not just charge off into our future without getting a word from God. Come on, you owe it to yourself. You owe it to your family. If you're to lead your family, to hear from God from now to the end of the year. You know, let's, let, let, let's say, God, man, I need to hear from you. And I like David because he inquired of the Lord. And he said, shall I pursue them? He just didn't take it for granted. Now, there were times in the Bible that God said to the Israelites, hey, I want you to stand still, stand still, and you're going to see the salvation of your God. There are other times he said, pursue. See, there's a danger is that you pursue when God's saying, no, stand still, or you stand still when God's saying, pursue. And the only way to know the difference is to actually hear from God. And many of us just presume some things and we wonder why it doesn't work out. But, but trust is, trusting God is understanding that God has many different ways of getting stuff to you. 
if I stand still, God, he, he, he'll, he'll restore, He'll bring back. If I pursue, you know, God's going to do a miracle. I don't know how He's going to do it, but He's going to do it. Come on, God had many different ways of getting, like manna outside the tents. That's how He got food to them in the wilderness. Imagine that, waking up, breakfast outside of your tent. How cool is that? Yeah, you think of Elijah by the brook. You know, when it came to his breakfast, that came, you know, on a bird, a raven. Ah, imagine that in the morning. Ah, ah, here, here's your breakfast. You know, when it came to a word from God, Balaam's ass spoke to him. That's his donkey, by the way. His donkey spoke to him. You know, God has many different ways of getting stuff to you. But we say, God, if you're going to restore things, this is the way you're going to do it. This is how you're going to do it. And we prescribe something rather than hearing from God and trusting Him and go, God, I don't understand everything that's going on, but I know you're for me. I know you're with me. And you're going to bring a miracle about in my life. Yeah, you know, uh, one thing is my two, uh, uh, I've, got two daughter, I've got three daughters, not two. I often say my house is full of females, even my cats are female. And it's just like, yeah, pray for me right now because my older, older two, uh, the older two daughters are dating. Started this year. Everybody just stretch out your hand. Because I need a lot of prayer. I need a lot of prayer, a lot of wisdom. And whew, hang on, I just got to recover. Um, but my oldest two, uh, they bought a car together. And so, you know, they, they bought a car together and they share this car. But how many know that brings its challenges? You know, there was the, the thing of sharing clothes. That can cause a lot of contention in a household. But then sharing cars. And sometimes one of them is not being fair. It's like not being fair to the other one. It's like, no, I filled the car with gas and you're using all my gas. And no, you had it then. I need it now. No, you're selfish. And do any of these conversations go on? And anybody familiar with these conversations? Or is it just my household? It's just like, ah. And, and sometimes I see one of the siblings being unfair to the other one. And uh, to the one who's been mistreated, I just whisper in the air. I go, hey, don't worry about it. You can use my car. How many know my car is better than their car? <laughs> and my car has gas in it. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like some of us are saying, devil, you know, God, tell the devil to give back my stuff. And God's saying, hey, don't worry about that. I've got something better for you. If you just put your trust in me. And sometimes we're upset at what's lost. And God's saying, hey, there's nothing in comparison to what I want to do and what I want to release in your life. See, the only way you'll know that is by hearing from God. Because if you've heard from God, God backs it. He honors His Word. He honors His Word. And when you hear from God, that releases faith. And God, I don't know how you're going to do it, but I trust in you. And I trust that you're going to bring about a miracle in my life. Do nothing without God. Just turn to your neighbor and say, do nothing without God. If you're to bounce back, you need to do nothing without God. But number three is, is to realize, if we're to bounce back, is to realize that answers are found in serving others. And in fact, many people are trying to improve themselves, but the best way to improve yourself is serve others. You don't improve yourself by working on yourself. Uh, you improve yourself by focusing on others, by serving others. And the answer we need 
often is found in the serving of others. Many are, oh, I just need to sort out this before you know, I get involved and serve. No, no, if you serve, you'll probably find what you're looking for. And I love this story because here David and his army, they go out. They start pursuing the Amalekites, start pursuing them. But along the way, they find an Egyptian. And this Egyptian is sick. And, and so what do they do? They stop. You know, remember, they're chasing after an army that's just t- taken their family, their stuff. I haven't got time to stop. But they stop. This Egyptian who's sick, they feed him. They, they nurse him back to health. And then they ask him the question, well, how did you get here? And they said, well, he said to them, well, um, I'm, a, I'm actually a servant of the Amalekites. I'm a servant of that. And they're going, oh, that's great. Well, which way did they go? How many know the Amalekites ditched him? They left him for dead. We can't. But David and his army stopped, served him, nursed him back to health. And in doing so, it's like they knew which way to go. They they knew what was happening. They had an inside strategy. And, And so often we don't realize that our answers are found in serving other people. But many people are going, well, I need my answer first. There's a great need in this place. There's great need all around our society right now. But I've found that God puts answers inside somebody else. And sometimes he put answers inside people that we don't like. Because God loves the, the people that we don't like. God likes the people, loves the people that have different political views than us. And sometimes you put an answer inside another person to see if we've got the humility of heart to actually be able to receive that answer. Some of us in our pride, no, I want to hear directly from God. I need to hear directly from God. And God says, no, that's not how it's going to work this time. The answer you need is in a package that you don't want to receive from. But you actually need the humility of heart to actually be able to receive from that. What can you receive from? Who can you receive from? See, I I found in the process of serving, serving, uh, come on church, I want to say in this next season, this is not a time to be selfish. Yeah, I, I, I really, to live by feelings is the luxury of good times. I'll say that again. To live by feelings is the luxury of good times. I was just recently in Slovakia. Slovakia neighbors the Ukraine. Believe me, right now, even in Slovakia, you got mothers thinking about that their sons could be sent to war. That's not even in our framework, in our understanding here. And we've got a church in New Zealand, largely it's like, it's all about our feelings, our feelings, but that, that's the luxury of good times. We need people who are led by conviction, people who push aside selfish ambition, people who say, no, I'm here for kingdom purpose, and I'm not going to live by feelings, oh man, I had a hard night last night, I won't go to church on Sunday. It's like, you know, people over there, the church, in fact, in the Ukraine is exploding, because there's a desperation, and sometimes I think we've got it too good here. We need a little bit of, no, we don't need that, but, but, but we need a bit of desperation to, to awaken something in us. Come on, I, I, I think right now, if, 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 if people can do 
stuff. There's some pretty amazing stuff going on in the world. I, I look at the air, conditioning, air conditioned stadiums in Qatar. How wild is that? In a desert, they've got air conditioned stadiums. And, and the world celebrates. The amount of money that's been spent on that is just ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. And, and many people, you know, what is it? Eight billion audience or whatever watching that? You know, I know some people aren't watching it for other reasons. We won't go into that. But, but, but I, I think, man, if they can do that without the God we know, what, what can we do? What can we as the people of God who have, uh, who have been empowered by the Holy Spirit can do? This is not a time to think small. Come on, I'm believing for this, this building in Rolleston. We need a breakthrough there. That community needs an alive church, which we've got one. We just need a facility to, to serve its purpose. Come on, in Canterbury, around the region, we need to see some more churches planted as an Acts movement. But we need people not coming along to church. Oh, well, this church doesn't meet my need. No, we need a whole group of people who say, I'm here to serve. And through the process of serving, I'm going to find my own needs met. And, and we're going to see the kingdom of God move forward. Come on, if you believe that, say amen, amen, amen. I love that. See, see answers are found. Our answers are found through serving others. And uh, when we understand that, it's like God has, he just brings about miracles. Listen to what happened in verse 18. It says, so David recovered all. He recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away, and David rescued his two wives. Don't know why he needs two wives. And, and anyway, and it says, and nothing of theirs was lacking. Come on, I, I want to speak to some people. You know, when you follow God, you know, nothing will be lacking. Nothing of theirs was lacking, either small or great, sons or daughters, or anything which was taken from them. David recovered all. Come on, I, I, I want to say in this next season, we're going to recover what's been lost, but we're going to not just recover that which has been lost, we're going to recover more. Which brings me to my fourth point, if we could have the musicians up, is we're going to make sure if we bounce back that we attribute any success to God. We attribute any success to God. So get this, David goes and pursues the Amalekites with 600. 600, they're on this journey Everybody's looking at these guys over here. Yeah, they're wonderful, but just look this way. <laughs> 600, pursue. The enemy was 600. 200 along the way get tired. And so they can't go any further. 400 go on. They recover all and they recover more. And then they come back to the camp. And, and, and listen to what, you know, even God says about this. Uh, it says, so they went out to meet David and meet the people who were with them. And when David came near the people, he greeted them. And listen to verse 22. Then all the wicked and worthless men of those who went with David. Wow, that's harsh. He's speaking about the 400 who carried on. And the Bible describes them as wicked and worthless. Oh, what's going on here? Of those who went with David answered and said, because they did not go with us, we will not give them any of the spoil that we have recovered. Now, notice the language here. We're not gonna give them any of the spoil that we have recovered. Who brought about the miracle? Who guided them along the way? Uh, look at what we've done, they're saying. And the Bible calls them wicked and worthless. 
you know, there's still many Christians around today. They succeed in the area and like, look at me. Look at what I've done. Look at, look at how good I am. But David replies to these guys and says, well, first they say, look, we're not going to do that. But David said, my brethren, you shall not do so with what the Lord has given us. I want to say, if there's anything good going on in your life, it's because of God. Don't forget that. That will stuff you up if you forget that. My brethren, you shall not do with what the Lord has given us, who has preserved us. I want to say, the fact that you're sitting here today in this auditorium is because God has preserved you. Come on, it's because of His preserving power. You could have wandered off. You could have been anywhere right now. And some of you know that from where you've been in your past. It's because God has preserved us, He said, and delivered the hand, it delivered into our hand the troop that came against us. For who will heed you in this matter? But as His part who goes down to the battle, so shall His part be who stays with the supplies. They shall share alike. Uh, I want to say, again, if you have any victory in your life, it's because of God. If God's doing anything good in your life, family, career, whatever area, it's because of Him. And get this, any blessing, and many of you know the song, any blessing that's poured out, you know, it's meant to be turned to praise. If a blessing's been poured out and we don't turn it into praise, guess what? It turns into pride. If you don't bring back praise, it will actually turn to pride. And that's something that you can't afford to have in your life because God resists the proud. And we've got to make sure that in our victories, in in what we see in our life, the blessing in our life, we don't just use it for selfish motives. We don't just use it to feel secure. I need to feel secure. Well, how much money makes you feel secure? Your security comes from God, not from how much money is in a bank account or who you know or what, what you know. No, your security comes from the knowledge of who He is. And we've got to make sure that we don't serve the blessing. See, any blessing that's poured out that doesn't turn into praise turns into pride. And we can't afford to have that. And that's why we've got to attribute every success to God. Let's make sure that we're not described as wicked and worthless. Look at what we've done. I'm not going to share with those guys. They weren't there. They didn't do that. They didn't put in the hard work. No, the blessing is not just for me. It's so I can be a blessing to the world around us. Come on, do I get an amen on that? Come on, I just feel like God is saying, come on, let's lift our eyes. Let's recognize He's preserved us. Come on, the fact that you're still married is a miracle for some of you. You know what I'm talking about. You know, God's preserved you. Come on, He's worked in the middle of what you've been going through. The fact that your kids are still talking to you. You know, it's because God's been in the middle of that. The fact that you've got a job, a house, a different thing. Come on, it's God. It's God. God's been good to us. Come on, if God's been good to you right now, I reckon He deserves a clap of praise. Come on, let's turn it into praise. Come on, I want to say as a movement, God's been good to us. I know there's a whole lot of struggle outside and it's hard. I'm not saying we don't have struggle, but man, God's been good to us. God's been good. And if we're to recover all, it's not just the recovery of stuff. You can recover the stuff and have a bad spirit. 
It's, it's, it's keeping a right spirit. A right spirit whose heart's set on Him. Come on, I, I feel like some of us have been flatlining. Flatlining in our life. It's like we're flat. There's no bounce. There's no, no excitement. If right now people were to buy a movie ticket to watch the story of your life, would they tune out? Because everything's so predictable. Some of you are just bored right now. The reason why you watch movies and you stay to the end is because you don't know what's going to happen in advance. If you know the storyline and how it's going to end, and you're everybody with me, it's like, oh, this is going to happen, this is going to happen, this is going to happen. I've seen that before. But when a story's unpredictable, man, I don't know what's going to take place here. I don't know how God's going to work this one out. I don't know how it's all going to come together at the end. How many know that draws you in? And the fact that you've got a whole lot of things that you don't know how it's going to work out is a testimony sometimes that God's at work because other people are looking on and going, oh, man, man, wow, 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 I never saw that taking place. And in the end, that just testifies to not how good or how smart we are. It testifies to how good and amazing He is. In Jesus' name. How about just standing to your feet? I'm gonna watch what time we got. Are you? As I said at the start, some of you this last season you feel like you've been ripped off. Man, I just feel ripped off it. And there's been a grieving season of what's been lost. I want to say you can trust God today. You can trust Him that not only is He going to heal your heart, but there's going to be restoration. Some of you, it's in relationships, some of you financially, career, studies, whatever it be. Come on, I, I just feel like God wants to minister in this place. And if you come to Him and just say, God, I don't understand everything that's gone on, but my trust and my hopes in you. I believe he's gonna meet you where he is. So if you just acknowledge that today, the way I want you to acknowledge that is just by lifting your hands where you are, just in this last season. Come on, some of you just, it's like this clouds over you. It's like, man, I just can't get clarity. It's like, you feel like you're looking through the, the smeared crap over the windscreen. I really believe God's just going to come. He's going to wash that windscreen. You're going to get clarity. Lord, right now, I just pray, Lord, every spirit of confusion would go. Lord, right now, in Jesus' name, Lord, where the enemy's trying to take advantage, Lord, of situations, Lord, we say he has no power and no authority today. Lord, I... I remove that cloud of confusion. Lord, we release clarity in Jesus' name. Lord, right now where there's been a heaviness, Lord, I pray that that heaviness, Lord, that which people are not meant to carry would just fall to the ground. Lord, even where people have been hard on themselves, Lord, I pray, Lord, you'd just come with your love today. 
become, Lord, and affirm who you've created them to be. Lord, where the, they've struggled under condemnation. Lord, we thank you that there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And Lord, right now we rebuke every lie of the devil. Lord, every lie of the enemy that would seek to tell people they're not enough. Lord, I thank you. They have everything that they need in you. And Lord, right now, I pray you'd unlock the supply of heaven that's within them. Unlock the strength that they need. Lord, even right now, I pray they'll find that joy, life, that abundant life that you came to give us. And Lord, right now, I pray, Lord, that this would be the ending of a chapter. And it would be the beginning of something new. Lord, we release that right now. Lord, we're closing off this chapter. Lord, Lord, we know, Lord, that you were there in that. But we thank you, Lord, as a closing off and as the beginning of something new. And I pray for doors of opportunity to swing wide open. Lord, I pray for a new day to come to lives. Lord, I thank you, God, that, Lord, you're going to release the church to live in the fullness of what it is called to. And we pray, Lord, just for open heaven and a blessing in Jesus' name. Come on, just with hands lifted, ready to receive, because I just feel like the the wind of heaven, the fresh wind, come on. We're going to sing this song in a moment, but I I just believe the Holy Spirit, if you just allow Him, He'll come and do a work. So you're not going into the end of the year going, this is heavy and hard, being hard. But you're going into the end of the year full of vision, full of faith, full of life for the things they hear. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Check out our website at equipuschurch.com forward slash Christchurch.